Coming up, Ed Asner joins Ileana in just a minute. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, it's the I Blame Dennis Hopper podcast, starring Ileana Douglas. Eavesdrop with Ileana as she interviews Hollywood's most prominent players about filmmaking, acting, and what really happens on the set of your favorite flicks and TV shows. That's right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the I Blame Dennis Hopper podcast. It's Ileana Douglas. I'm here with Tamara Berg. It's our anniversary <laughs> show. Yay! Hey, so, happy uh, anniversary. Thank you, sir. So in order uh, to, so we brought in a legend. Who? Uh, <laughs> he's, out, he's outside. Oh. We're going to oh. talk to you for a while, then we'll bring him in. Okay. Um, we were uh, lucky enough to work on a movie but quite a while ago. Mm. Not not one of your greater movies. Mm. But um, but um, <laughs> don't go to sleep. No. Because we, I got to get to El Dorado and, and Mr. Hawks. But um, we were talking before about the, I always like to say, about the first movie you saw. Did your parents go to see movies? Did you? The only uh, movie I remember going with my parents, I think, was uh, The D-Book. Was this a Russian film, or what kind of it film was, was this? It um, was uh, a Polish play at the time, uh, uh-huh. The Rage, early 1900s. Wow. I think it, was, it might have been 1800s. Uh, uh-huh. And um, uh, it didn't, I don't even think it had subtitles. Mm-hmm. Now, did, you, did you grow up in Chicago? Where did you grow Kansas up? Kansas City. Kansas City. Mm-hmm. This is the heart of the Midwest. Yes, it is. Was there... Uh, was there vaudeville then too, or in in road shows? I didn't go. You just went to the movies. Yeah. Went to the when I got old enough, I went to the burlesque house. You did in oh, Kansas yeah. City oh, or in New York? Lucky, or? lucky you. Now, what yeah. were some of the? I mean, what were some of the acts? What were some of the? Com- were the comedians on the bill at the burlesque house? Yeah. No, just girls. <laughs> they did have comedians, but who, who needed them? Well, I know, so, yeah, I mean... I needed the girls. You needed the, yeah. the sexy girls. Just like uh, showbiz now, right? Yes, exactly. it's all the same. It's mm-hmm. all the same. Mm-hmm. Now, the were your, were your parents... I know you've, I've heard you talk about your parents. Were they political at all? I mean, they were... No, no, they... Uh, was that whatever's good for the Jews? Uh-huh. Yeah, they, that's what they were for. In in Kansas City, yeah, or anywhere. How did they get to Kansas City? Well, my uh, daddy uh, spent a year in uh, sweatshops in Boston. Wow! And then, like every foreigner, he uh, went elsewhere. Mm -hmm. West, in this case, Uh, the Italians would call it to be with with uh, goombas. Yes, and. uh, the Jews to be with Lanzmann. Lanzmann. That's mm. a new word. Because, see, when, when, because uh, I'm Italian, they would always, oh, yeah. they would take, you know, half of the family <laughs> would come over. Mm. And then when they got a little more money, they'd bring more of yeah, them yeah, over. Sure. But it'd be kind of, and they'd all live in the same tenements, yeah. you oh, know? Yeah, yeah. And a yeah. lot of them worked in the garment industry. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think my dad did that uh, for the year that he was in Boston. Mm-hmm. But then he uh, moved to Kansas City because he heard of the blandishments of mm-hmm. Lanzmann, mm-hmm. Uh, which is the equivalent of Landsman. I see. And uh, came to Kansas City, and he uh, had a few bucks, I guess, and he started out with a pony and a cart and 
was a junkman. Wow. Yeah. Um, and did you always, did you go to the, see movies? Were you a fan of movies or aside from? Oh, I'm sure I was. I also was a fan of radio. Big, uh-huh. Big fan of radio. But uh, radio was uh, quite a guiding light. But uh, I went to the movies. I remember one of the first ones I can remember is mm-hmm. it was a big, big deal. It was Marie Antoinette. Yes. Moira, not, uh, not Moira, but uh, she, I think it's um, Shearer. Uh, yes, Norma Shearer. Norma Shearer. And uh, I think was oh my names names don't I uh, shut up. <laughs> yeah, that's my boy. But I remember uh, Norma. Yeah, obviously I remember. Uh, uh, and I remember how. Fascinated I was because the chief villain mm-hmm. in Marie Antoinette was this very effeminate looking creature who didn't look like a villain at all uh-huh. because it was uh, it was um, uh, Joseph Schokraut. Oh, yes, and he had rice powder on his face uh-huh. and he. Acted like a popinjay, <laughs> but he he did everything he could to get her decapitated. So when you would come out of the movies, did you how how soon did you know you wanted to go into acting? Were there? No, other- I didn't think about that at all until uh, until uh, my first year of college. Mm-hmm. And yeah. where where did you go to college? University of Chicago. Oh, so then yeah. you moved to Chicago. Huh? I said, so then you moved to Chicago. Well, I was temporary. Mm-hmm. I love Chicago. And then how quickly did you get, when you were in college, were you drafted in the Army, or did you join the Army? I was drafted. I don't join. <laughs> you crazy? I, I don't know. Said, I wasn't there. I didn't join. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. Yeah. So they, you were in the Army, and they sent you to New Jersey. Well, first it was Georgia, Camp oh. Gordon, Georgia. Camp Gordon. Remember that? Now, okay. now it's Fort Gordon. Uh-huh. Camp Gordon, Georgia, where I took my basic in Georgia. Yes. And then after eight weeks of basic, I uh, was sent to um, uh, Fort Monmouth mm-hmm. in New Jersey. And I was there for a while, and then I... Began going through the regular courses teaching me about radar mm-hmm. and fixed station radio and all of that. I didn't learn a goddamn thing. It was all cheating. And uh, then about a couple months into that, uh, I decided to go see the the uh, the uh, entertainment officer or whatever right. he's called. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, uh, "Hey, I'm you know I'm, I'm an actor. Uh, that's that's what I am. I'm an actor, and I want to see about getting into uh, uh, what is the the entertainment branch called? Uh, the U- USO. Yes. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah. There's the USO, and then there's the other one because my <coughs> that my grandfather uh, was yeah, in, right. Kind right. of special services, entertainment. Yeah. yeah. All of that." Uh, be sure to make me uh, get out of action. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And, uh, and uh, the officer looked at me and he said, 
<laughs> he says, uh, we're 50 miles from New York. What the hell do we need you for? Oh. Uh, son of a bitch. So, uh, I'll be rots in hell. So you traipsed uh, back. And how long, so how long were you in the Army? Did the, did the two war? Two years. And the, but, so you didn't, did the war end? No, no, no. The war didn't end. I was sent to France, finally. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was with a small group of soldiers stationed in France. Mm-hmm. And my, my great contribution to the con- this country, if anybody wants to know. I do. I uh, became the manager of the, base, uh, the basketball team. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We toured French villages, <laughs> played French teams. Uh-huh. And that team... That team was so good, it uh, it ended up, so I think, second best army team in Europe. That's fantastic. I hope you have pictures. Do you have pictures? No, I don't oh. have the goddamn thing. That's too bad. Yeah, it's a shame. So when the so the war ended, did you did you find yourself in New York? Did you want to go into the theater? Well, no. Before just before I got out of the out of France, Paul Sills, who I had known at the. Uh, uh, at college, right, wrote me a letter and found me in France, and it said uh, we're going to start a theater here mm-hmm. in Chicago, and uh, we're going to do classics and new plays, because he was writing, of course. So uh, your guests are yeah. That was just. That's Why okay. don't you belch? Maybe <laughs> maybe we'll notice you that way. Now, Ed, I huh? I'm. I want to, just for people who don't know, I know who Paul Sills is, but, yeah. but could you elaborate Paul about Sills his importance? Paul created, uh, created um, uh, uh, I can't remember the year, the first one, uh, the first improv companies in the, in the, in the, the country, and his second creation was Second City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's and hasn't he also written books on improv? His mother did. Oh, his mother did. Mother okay. Did, yeah, Viola Spolin was her. That's name. it. Yes. Yeah. And uh, he was um, one of the big talents I knew in my life. Mm-hmm. He created um, that first improv group, and that contained Mike and Elaine. Yes. And uh, Shelley Berman. Mm-hmm. And Barbara Harris, Severn Darden, other people. Uh, But Mike Nichols and uh, and Elaine May were the big successes. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then with Second City, there'd be no Saturday Night Live without Second City. Of course. I mean, it really ushered in a modernistic type of acting. And so when you were in Second City, did you start to develop a style that you thought you were good at? I wasn't in Second City. You you were in the first group. No, I wasn't in either one. <laughs> well, wait a minute. I was in the, the legitimate group that Paul oh, had started. Okay, I see. Before he went to Compass. Compass was the name of that okay. first improv group. It's a good name. And like Second that. City was the second uh, group. But uh, we were legit, and I was too bourgeois to think that you go make a living 
doing improv. Uh huh. So I didn't. I, and also, I got great reviews as yes. a legit actor. I wasn't ready to surrender those. And do you remember some of the plays that you were doing? Oh, absolutely. Would you, could you tell me some? No. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, no. I'm imagining. I don't know where the, where were you cast? Were you in the cast as the sort of Lee J. Cobb oh, types no, or no. I was much Paul Douglas? Was, like, what more, was your Paul who? Douglas? Oh, you got the Paul Douglas. Well, I did Born Yesterday later. Later, I, I could see you being with, natural with Madeline Kahn. Oh, uh, did you do this on Broadway or yeah, touring? Yeah. Oh my, I wish I'd seen that. You know, some of the worst reviews I've ever no, gotten. No, you're kidding. Yeah, no, no, sorry about that. Yeah. But so, the, so, I'm were you developing a style? I mean, that's oh, why I'm I have asking. style. Well, I know you have Up style. To Wazoo, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you. But uh, you gotta you gotta tease me to get it out of me. Okay. But right. I uh, I um. Uh, I mean, were you leaving? What we, what we did, we did, uh, we did Three Penny Opera. We did we did uh, Wutzek. We did mm-hmm. Widower's Houses. We did uh, uh, Summer of Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. I played Henry the Second, Henry the Fourth. Uh, and bottom in midsummer, and um, Prospero in the Tempest, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So uh, we lasted for two years as a legit. The city was going to close us down, mm-hmm. and by that time, Paul and his partner David Shepard were drifting into uh, the Compass, mm-hmm. and that's where their real heart lay because they. Uh, they felt improv was the way to get audiences more active. Mm-hmm. And that's what they wanted. Well, obviously it was successful. So where, then how did you get from there to Hollywood? I mean, how, how did you get cast in El Dorado? Well, I, 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 uh, uh, I got good reviews, as I said. Yes. Um, the, uh, the reviews came primarily from Herman Cogan with the Sun-Times in Chicago and Sidney Harris with the Daily News. Mm -hmm. Roger Detmer wrote for the Chicago American and he was too right-wing to like us. (laughs) Claudia Cassidy saw our first show, which before I even got there, which was Caucasian Chalk Circle. Mm -hmm. And uh, she gave the review, but she said, that she was afraid that playwrights and she walked on different political sides of the street. So she never came back. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, uh, moving right along, uh, what else was Oh, I was, uh, yes, I was asking about um, how you came to be cast in uh, one of the great films, El Dorado. Well, uh, Howard Hawks said, yeah, he'd be happy to have me. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. Just... I, I don't know why he wanted me, but... Uh, and I remember showing up at Paramount and... Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, Jim... I can't remember his name. Jim was there, who played my ranch foreman. Uh-huh. And uh, another guy named Danny, who was like... A, crossover between extra and, and, and uh, stuntman. And uh, 
we were going to Tucson together. Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, yeah, well, I'm on a two-week contract, and uh, uh, they said the first week I'm supposed to spend in Tucson. And Jim and Danny looked at me and said, no, no, no. Once you get down to Tucson, Hawks ain't going to let you go. <laughs> oh, 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 really? Yeah, oh. So I immediately called my agent. I said, they, they say he's, he's going to keep me down there until, uh, until I finish. So they renegotiated a better contract. And uh, had you been around horses before? I mean... I, uh, I had taken riding lessons when I first came to L.A. Mm -hmm. But I... Uh, I, there's a lot of air between me and the saddle. <laughs> <laughs> and what was Mr. Hawks like as a director? Well, he was a very nice man. Uh, the first, uh, the first day I was in the first scene, and he gets me and uh, the Duke over there. The Duke. Uh, John it's not Wayne. bad. Yeah. <laughs> and we go over the scene, and uh, it's where he returns the money that I had given him to mm -hmm. kill. Robert uh, uh, Mitchum. Mitchum. Yeah. So uh, uh, we go over the scene, and I suggest a, a word here, a word there. He hawks like the addition. Wayne didn't say anything. And then finally he said, Well, Ed, uh, it's going to be a few hours before they're ready to shoot. So you can go to your trailer or whatever you want to. Oh, okay. I'm in what I call my Mary and Sam outfit. <laughs> I look like Mary and Sam with a little Abner. And I'm walking around, walking around, looking at this, looking at being scared to death and all that. And then finally I see all these army of technicians moving the lights and everything up to the, the fake ranch house and I said, I think I better start heading towards that direction. And I'm standing there, and there is Duke sitting on his palomino, backing him up and teaching him how to back up and all that. And while he's backing up, he's looking right at me, and he's saying, Where's that New York actor? <laughs> Where's that New York actor? And I'm looking right at him, and I'm walking straight into him. I said, you mean me? And he mumbled something. I don't know what he mumbled. And uh, we didn't talk again until we started doing the scene. And uh, uh, in the scene, uh, uh, I'm on the ranch, the ranch house, and he's on his horse. And he flings the bag of money back at me that, he, that I had paid him. And one of the first times he did it, I fumbled it and dropped it. Mm -hmm. And I went behind the flat to begin the rehearsal again. He said, yeah, you better get him a catcher's mitt. He's having trouble catching <laughs> Son of a bitch. Smack talk uh, from John Wayne. Yeah. So I went back and came out again, and I did another scene or two of the same. And then when it came time to throw him the money back, something in your mind that creates the stumbling block so that it just 
fell out of reach. <laughs> and he couldn't reach it. And I felt like I'd pay back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, so then uh, we do the scene again, and he flings the money at me, and without looking, I catch it without changing my eyes from his eyes. And I fondle it, of course. And uh, then I go behind the set again. I said, yeah, you, uh, you got to tell the Dodgers about him. They could use him to take Willie Davis's place. <laughs> so I thought, okay, that's good, that's good. So we did the scene, we did the scene and uh, finally finish it. It's all over my shoulder on him. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we, they turn the cameras around to, to uh, do my cut, uh, Hawk comes up to me and says, well, Ed, let's discuss this scene. I said, I think I know what the problem is. It's what's that? He said, well, I'm treating him like John Wayne, the millionaire, and I'm Ed Asner, a little stinking actor. Mm -hmm. He said, I gotta remember that I can buy a hundred of him, and he has to be aware of my power. So I made that adjustment in my mind, and did the scene, for Hawks, it was magic. He said, perfect, perfect. And he went on and he told all the other young actors about that incident and uh, everything was hunky-dory. Mm -hmm. Then I had the motel room between his <laughs> Hawks and John Wayne. Yeah. And Hawks liked to sleep. So everybody would collect at my room before my wife arrived. <laughs> and uh, <coughs> he, um, they, uh, they made a lot of noise. And they kept Howard from sleeping. So uh, one particular noisy night, Mitchum had been there and all that. And uh, at dawn the next morning, first assistant barges into my room and he says, uh, Mr. Hawks wants to talk to you. And Hawks comes in right after him and says, Ed, I'm telling everybody they have to come out to old Tucson every night, whether they're working or not. If you don't like it, you can get back on the plane and go back to Los Angeles. <laughs> no, Mr. Hawks. No, Master Hawks. Master <laughs> Hawks. That's good. That's fine. So uh, I was in a doghouse. And uh, I go around thinking about what I'm in a doghouse and all that. And finally, the uh, makeup man who was Wayne's makeup man. Mm -hmm. He was a great guy. He said, well, you know what? I always found that you write somebody a letter 
and explain how you feel and your apology, and that'll work for you. I said, yeah, that's good. So I got busy to write my letter. R.G. Armstrong was an English major, so he agreed to help me mm -hmm. write my letter, and I wrote this letter. And I put it in one of the mail slots. And I said, Mr. Hawks picks up his mail. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm. So I keep looking the first day, second day, third day. Goddamn letter just sitting there collecting dust. And I'm dying. <laughs> so finally I said, does he come to pick up his mail here or not? And the... Uh, the guy behind the desk said, well, usually he goes over to the other place. I said, oh, for God's sake. Put the letter in there, would you? So he puts the letter in there. And I keep looking, looking. Finally, it disappears from the slot. Mm -hmm. And uh, that night, I elect to go to Old Tucson and be prepared to receive any storm that's well, I'm walking around, and I'm avoiding Howard Hawks' gaze, and I'm avoiding it, and I'm avoiding it. And finally, he sees me and says, Ed, Ed. And he comes shambling over towards me, and he says, I got your letter, and I want to thank you for it. And I want to go, <laughs> I would have gone down on it, probably. <laughs> I said, well, thank you, sir. Thank, thank you. And from that point on, I was out of the woods. Yes. And do you, were, what are your recollections of uh, Mr. Mitchum? You said you mentioned he was party at your. Oh, well, I, I mean, what I a great. He, he was a great guy. He was also a killer. Yeah. I think he could have easily killed you. Uh-huh. And I felt that he, uh, everybody raved about what a good actor he was. Mm -hmm. But he longed and longed and longed to be a great writer. Mm -hmm. And he so longed to be a great writer that he didn't pay attention as much as he should have to being a great actor. Mm -hmm. And that would have been the trick. Yeah. And from working with Howard Hawks, I mean, you know, as a as a director, did he do a lot of takes, or was he? No, no, no. Uh, but you were there he, the whole he, run of the movie. Yeah, he he knew what he wanted, and he liked what they gave him. Mm -hmm. He had good actors. And did Duke ever kind of come around and compliment not you? Not there, not there. Eventually, no, no. I remember Jimmy Kahn coming in one time, and I was, I was there and waiting to work naturally, and uh, Jimmy Kahn started asking him about Patton, uh -huh. and he got so aroused, he'd take his hat off and he'd start whipping his hat <laughs> against his thigh and talking about how they screwed him on the movie and how they wouldn't do it his way, so that's why they went to George C. Scott, and on and on and on. Uh -huh. But uh, Khan was just baiting him the whole time. Oh, that's innocently. funny. That's funny. So then after the movie came out, were you living in um, 
you know, L.A.? What were the next, what was the movie you did after El Dorado? Or did you go, I know you started to do a lot of television, episodic TV. I did a lot of that then. Uh, um, um, I made El Dorado in 65. I'd come to L.A. in 61. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, I don't know. What was your question? Well, I was just af- after when after El Dorado went, came out. I mean, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't. What does my IMDb say? Right yeah. <laughs> the uh, well, I was tra- what I was trying to get at is the kind of left turn. Yeah, he, to comedy. Yeah, he just he no. Just I did no, I did nothing in in comedy until uh, they were casting for the uh, Mary Tyler Moore show. Yes. And I had done maybe two half hours in the nine or ten years I'd been in L.A. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, that's about it. And then they weren't that funny. Uh, but um, the um, uh, they called me in, and uh, um, I had done a comic police chief mm-hmm. on what... Uh, the producers of the uh, the Perry Mason show, which is going off the air, mm-hmm. and uh, they had um, uh, were filming this with with Jim Hutton. Mm-hmm. That was to be their replacement for Perry Mason, and uh, uh, I got this idiotic character of a police chief. Uh-huh. And they were so idiotic, I I chose to start making him as comic as possible. <laughs> and uh, it uh, the suits at the 20th Century Fox uh, finally had to say something about toning me down. Because uh-huh. I was making too many laughs, I guess. I don't know. So uh, uh, Grant Tinker was at 20th at that point, And he was witness to my comedic ability at that time. And then uh, we go along, and they're casting the Mary Tyler Moore show. So uh, I'm I'm part of the cattle call that gets called in to read for Lou Grant. And um, I uh, go in and read, and it was beautifully written, the hiring scene of uh-huh. Mary. And... Uh, <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. So then, um, 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 they uh, they had me read, and I uh, read it very intelligently. And after I finished, uh, Jim Brooks said, "Well, uh, that was a very intelligent reading." <laughs> and I said and to myself, "Yeah, but not funny, not funny." Uh, so, when we have you back to read with Mary, we want you to read it crazy, wild, kooky, all fallen down, idiot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, okay. And I, said, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do then. I said, it's fun. I said, why don't you have me try it that way now? And if I don't do it, don't have me back. I've never talked like that before or since. So well, we do have another appointment, <laughs> but go ahead. So I get out and I re- read it as crazily as I can, 
And uh, Alan Burns and Jim Brooks, the two producers, laugh appreciatively. And they say, read it just like that when you come back with Mary. So all I kept saying for that week or two weeks, I don't know how long it took, what the hell did I do? <laughs> how, what did I do? How did I do it? And uh, crazy. So I finally came back, and I read it with her, and I tried to do it as crazily as I had done the first time. They laughed again. Now, a couple of years later, I found that when I left, Mary turned to them and said, Are you sure? <laughs> and they said, That's your Lou Grant. Wow, you're very lucky. So I learned comedy on the, uh, on the job. But you were never, I mean, the beauty of the show is, is uh, nobody was, speci- everybody was a serious actor. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's why it's so funny. Well, maybe, maybe. You know, nobody was, it, it was so grounded in reality. And they were insistent. You couldn't change a the. Oh, really? And uh, anything. And it was very good discipline for us. Uh, was this a time where the writing staff was very large, like a very large writing staff? Do you remember? Not then. Uh, maybe four or five added people. Uh-huh. Uh, David Davis, Lorenzo Music, uh, David Lloyd. Yeah, I mean, these are the great, uh, these are the great writers. The great writer. The great comedy writers. Yeah. And you had said that Mary Taylor Moore was such a great star to work with because she was this kind of the spindle and would was you know very generous with you and with other uh, actors. Uh, uh, you want to finish that sentence? Oh, I was I was hoping you would finish it no, <laughs> for she, me. She, she was the best leading lady you could ever find in a million yes. years. She. Uh, she had these great writers. She had this great supporting cast, great director and Jay Sandrich. Mm-hmm. And um, she was a workaholic. One of the things that I always remember uh, was one of my first impressions as a kid watching the show was how much you could hear Jim Brooks laughing yeah. on camera. Yeah, hee-haw. And what became was, a sort of a fit, you know, that's one of those things that made show, you were like, I want to go on a show. This seems really fun. Everybody's, is that important to create an environment where really everybody is laughing and mm-hmm. just trying to be funny as mm-hmm. possible? Well, you, we also thought it was a fake laugh <laughs> because it was so manufactured. But uh, it was sincere. Oh, God, on his see? Part. It was sincere. On his part. It's uh, funny. The, um, the two things, uh, uh, Grant. Grant recommended me to yes. the producers to do the role. And at that time, I, uh, Ethel Weiner was executive vice president at CBS uh-huh. for comedy, I guess. And uh, they turned to her and they said, can Ed Asner do comedy? And she didn't know. Yeah. I had done a job for her, but it wasn't a comedic job. And I said, can he do comedy? She said, he can do anything. Uh, so I I got the job. Uh huh. Um, I wanted to talk just because I'm curious. But one of my favorite episodes is the, well, there's so many, but I do love the uh, veal when you take too much <laughs> veal Prince Orloff. Yeah. yeah. And uh, 
you know, the ability to hold. You know, the, the, the show does have a certain theatricality and that it's so grounded, yet you did have to hold a little bit for your laugh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I mean, like, did you ever break, or did they only do one take, or did they do no, two we, takes? No, we did two, three, four. Uh-huh. But uh, you learn very early about holding for laughs. Right. <laughs> and, and that's the other funny thing. After seven years, the show went off the air. Uh-huh. And my by, life ended. By the greatest. Uh, producer Design. Uh-huh. And... Um, uh, my agent asked CBS, do they want me, or uh, am I free to go uh, wherever I want to go? And CBS said, no, they want me. Said, okay. Uh, who do they want? Who do I want to produce the show? Mm-hmm. I said, well, I like MDM, naturally. So that's where I started this whole mess. I said, okay, you've got MTM. Uh, and... Um, um, who do you want to produce for MTM? I said, well, I want, I'd love my two producers from Mary. Mm-hmm. So they were asked, and they said, yes, they would do it. I said, okay. So I wait, and I wait, and I wait, and, uh, <laughs> and finally they come down, and they say, we think we want to uh, keep Lou and keep him as a journalist. Mm-hmm. And we uh, we want to do an hour show with that. I said, well, I said, they, can do no, they can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. Right. Said, fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine, fine. Good, 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 good. So uh, they, um, they created an hour show. None of them, neither of them had ever created an hour show. <laughs> Anybody, nobody involved had done an hour show. Yeah. They had done specials. They had done this. They had done. They hadn't done a series. They didn't know what the hell they were talking about. And uh, so we start with this hour show, and we start with this Lou Grant person, mm. and uh, uh, they they write about the problems in America, but there are moments where they tell a use a joke. Uh huh. And. I, not wanting to lose one joke, if any, uh, realized I had to do something to help the joke whenever it happened uh-huh. on my watch. So uh, I was in therapy at the time. And uh, uh, when the show finally debuted and it had been on a time or two, and I uh, lying on the couch with this uh, uh, unresponsive therapist. (laughs) And uh, I said, what'd you think? And he said, uh, why do you grimace so much? I said, what? (laughs) Why do you grimace so much? I thought, oh my God. Every time there was a laugh line, I thought, because the crew couldn't laugh. Right. There was no audience. It's right. an hour show. So it meant that the people at home had to laugh if they were going to laugh. And I thought I'd help them 
mm-hmm. by grimacing. Right. And it was the stupidest, most unprofessional thing I could have done in my life. <laughs> and I finally shook myself up. It was the therapist was worth it just for that. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. Um, great insight. I wanted to ask you a little bit about Ted Knight, just because, again, it's, I mean, just. Who? Mr. Ted Knight. Who's Ted Knight? One of the men you worked with. I don't recall him at no. all. No. Was there any uh, friendly competition between oh, people God, being funny? Yes. Or? He's the funniest man I ever knew. Yeah. He's the funniest man I ever knew. <laughs> and uh, he. Uh, uh, the, the the classic design I can give you for that is yeah. one day Gavin and I, Murray and I are walking past and he's doing a scene and he comes off and we just finish laughing about it and he says, listen guys uh, I'm going to do the scene again I want you to watch and tell me what you think I'm going to do it a different way uh-huh. so he does it a different way still just as funny and, yeah, we hate his guts. <laughs> yeah. So then, then he says, okay, I'm going to do it. We're going to do it again. I'm going to do it a third way. You tell me which one you, you know. Yeah. So it was funny, but not as great as the first one and two. Right. But still great. And he, Gavin and I, all, all we can think of is we're lucky enough to get it there once. Yeah. And this son of a bitch is doing it two and three times. Differently, so nobody else could have done it as he did it. Yes, he uh, he inspired all of us. Uh, it uh, we go out every Friday night after the show with our wives mm-hmm. and have drinks and dinner and uh, unload, and unleash. But uh, and everything was perfect in the beginning. We uh, we uh, guys thought that they were favoring the girls too much. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But uh, uh, we had to take our turn, and we didn't find that the girls got farmed off to shows of their own. I, yeah, I can't imagine. I I can't remember a show that got so many spinoffs. Yeah, right. I, I, with all of their own uh, yeah. characters. And um, well, eventually they finally did the inevitable. You, you got to go on a on a date with uh, with Mary. Was that something you pushed for? Or? I well, there I was always this undercurrent, for, you know, oh, in the show. I think we always well, hoped. I, th- I think my yearning was quite evident. But, uh, <laughs> I don't. Uh, we always hoped for romance. Yeah. Well, I had it. Yeah. My secret love. Well, who who would we? I was who wasn't in love with Mary for yeah. God's sakes? Exactly. Um, and of course, one of the you know it's considered one of the most yeah that's considered the most famous episode in te- in television. Chuckles. Please don't tell me. Uh, direct- I love Spunk. Well, that too. That's the greatest. Oh, one episode? of the greatest oh, lines. Oh, you talking about Chuckles the Clown? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, I I think considered by everybody the. I agree. You know the yeah. great. Now was that that was an episode that was directed by Joan Darling? Do you re- recall? No, not that one. Not that Joan one. Joan Darling directed the forty-five-year-old old man. Uh huh. And that had um, Slim Pickens in it. Yeah. And it so was great. a good script. And uh, 
George Kirgo uh-huh. wrote the script, or at least wrote the initial yes. draft. But didn't do any of the, the following write-ups, and everybody was resentful of him. Uh-huh. And they go ahead and they, they do the doctors, and they they end up and. Um, I think he won the Emmy for best screen writing. Well, every show is. I've got one more, but the I've got to get in the Chuckles of the Clown when you're all in the huddle. Like, whose idea was it to get the Kleenex? Georgia, Georgette. Uh, Jim said, "Well, we're all in this huddle. Is there is there a funny way we can break out of it?" (laughs) And and, uh, Georgia said, well, there's Kleenex on the table. We could sidle over and get the Kleenex. <laughs> and we did it. Yeah, one of the long... Uh, uh, one other episode may I ask you about is the one with Johnny Carson with the with the blackout. <laughs> and what? And was he there? How, how was that? He I mean, was there. I, I never saw a tell... I mean, it was so daring to do just the show yeah. in a blackout. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And how did that work with him? That where you're at microphones? Like how how did you do that? I don't seat? remember what the mechanics were, but oh, it, it was it, crazy. It went smoothly, yeah, yeah. What was the decision to have her move her apartment? Just a change of venue? Because I love you know it was funny the when she changed her apartment. I don't know what went into it. All I can remember is when finally after she did Mary's apartment, she did my apartment. Yes. And my my dialogue went, uh, I love it, I love it. <laughs> and then as soon as she leaves the room, I said, I hate it, I hate it. Yeah. Oh, my God, the greatest, the greatest show. Okay, we got to talk, we're running out of time, so I got to talk. Are you the best Santa Claus of all time? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah without doubt. Yeah, without I agree. Doubt. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Um, you you've, you own that. I, I do. I think I'm going to be in maybe four different movies around Christmas time. Yeah. Oh, yeah? As uh, a SC, uh-huh. uh, uh, <laughs> Southern California. Uh, but uh, it uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, another movie that I saw growing up that I loved quite a bit, uh, Fort Apache, The Bronx, mm. with Paul Newman. What a great film mm. that was. I love it. Uh, with the director Daniel Petrie. Yeah. And uh, what are I you? I wanted to rewrite it. You did? Yeah. You didn't like your character? Or no, you're no, so no, good in the movie. I, I was a son of a bitch. I know. I was a son of a bitch. And uh, uh, when they, we got the script, I think Woody somebody wrote the uh, script. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when they, uh, when they say, uh, he calls me in his office and I'm turning my badge in. And uh, I accept uh, his his resignation or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And then I give him a big pep talk about how the community needs him, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <coughs> and I, I, I tried to convince him, but I, I wasn't strong enough to, uh, to say, no, no, no. Uh, have him uh, make some effort. To convince him not to leave, mm-hmm. and have him finally say, "Okay, I'm going to stay," <coughs> but I'm going to. Every time you screw up, I'm going to nail your ass. I know, so good. So yeah. I, I love those gritty. Yeah, they don't make movies like that no, anymore. Those kind of gritty. 
taking Pelham <coughs> one, two, three type films. Right. Um, we're going to get to your book, The Grouchy Historian, because I know you're under the, um, I guess the last, I mean, we has ever, everybody has seen Up, right? It's just such an incredible I don't film. know. Let's count. I've seen okay. it. Gotcha. I mean, Jesus. You want me to start crying right now? Right so right. good. Just a beautiful film. That's a piece of film I'm really proud of. Oh, my God. Oh. We should be. You and should how be. did they, did they just come to you? They, I mean, how yeah. did they, they yeah. I mean, you're, you must love the character. He looks like, geez, you. Yeah. It's so yeah. cute. Did, did you know the did they come right to you? I mean, I don't know if they saw anybody else or not. I but, can't imagine. That but they the did. interesting thing when they were casting it, yeah, uh, I was submitted normally as by my uh, voice agent, and uh, didn't think anything about it. I didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, then I found out subsequently that I was doing a one-man reading, mm-hmm. uh, a one-man show. Called numbers of people mm-hmm. about a statistician who survived the Holocaust and then became a uh, what do you want to call it? Somebody who counted deaths okay. and tragedies like for the UN. Okay. Wow. Uh, numbers of people. Wow. And um, uh, uh, so I, I did that that play mm-hmm. up north, and they, the two producers, came to uh, to see me in it without my knowing it. Saw me in that show, and decided to cast me in that role. From that point on, wow. So well, thank God a, they did. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. And I call it a double love story. Oh, it's, it's so sweet. I mean, if anyone hasn't seen Up, it's, it's just such a celebration of love. Mm. And, you know, very, very well done. Yeah. Should be a sequel. Well, they probably like it. That's the way it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. So what was your favorite part of writing uh, your book, The Grouchy Historian? Coming up with a title? <laughs> I, I think Simon & Schuster came up with that. They did? So it's I, a great title. I applaud them. I love it. Them. Yeah. Uh, I Just to work with Ed Weinberger, mm-hmm. letting him get expose his bile, yes. which matched mine. Yes. And you guys had worked together on a play, right? Uh, we were doing, uh, I do the a man and his prostate, which is yes. the one-man show he wrote. Yes, about his own grief on a cruise to Italy. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I'm perfect for it. Yes, <laughs> well, you're perfect for a lot of things. Yes, oh, you yes. are. Yes. Um, That's true. The uh, not a virgin, though. What in in when you're on a set and we've worked together? Like what 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 makes you grow? What irritates you? Like what's what's the What's the downside? Is it the waiting? Is it incompetence? What is it? Pompousness. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, people being pompous. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasting of time. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, I'll, I'll never forget. I was doing. Uh, uh, I was on a um, single. I, I was. Uh, uh, 
doing one shots mm -hmm. as an actor before I got discovered. And uh, I was doing one of my seven, maybe my second Untouchables. Mm -hmm. And Alex March, I believe, was the director. And um, I'm busy doing it. And I just got, I got a whole page of witness testimony that I give mm -hmm. in the jail cell. So I, I was off, off book. I'd do it, I'd do the damn thing. And then um, uh, do it for him and the crew. And uh, uh, sweat through all that dialogue, a whole page of dialogue. And finally I finished and he said, uh, okay, now uh, when, when you do it this, I want you to do it this and this and this and this. And I said, well, I thought I was doing that when I did it. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, well, I, I, I wasn't aware. I was thinking about lights or something or other. And I thought, you shit. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, uh, irresponsibility, I guess, is the yes. best answer I can give you there. Well, when you start out working with Howard Hawks, it sets the bar. Yeah, yeah. It sets the bar. He was... He was right on, believe me. I as can imagine. Old man, but good. Yes, it, as, you, as, you, as yourself. Yeah. Um, well, Ed, it's been such an honor to have you here. We can keep talking if you want, off camera, but what are you going to do the rest of the day? Talk to you off camera. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's do it, definitely. I'd, I'd kill to be in another movie with you. I think we only had a couple scenes. Yeah. I know, it wasn't that, it wasn't, wasn't uh, that fun. Please Saturday. tell. Okay, so he's being honored so at the Hollywood you, Film Festival. You're being honored on at Saturday. Say this on camera this yeah. Saturday at the Hollywood Film Festival. Can we all come out and see this? Anything I can do to please you. All right, that would be. Uh, I would. I would love to. It's, all right. You know. Can Can you make sure? Yeah, we'll give you. We'll put all the uh, information okay. there. And uh, and continued success. I can't wait to see what other uh, what these films. When when do these films come out? You'll be all Christmas movies. I, I, I've lost. I, I can't. I can't keep track of them. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell people to check your IMDb page because yeah, that's, that's pretty a pretty reliable way to find out oh things. Boy. Oh boy. But anyway, continued success to you, sir. You're the best. You, You're so funny. Thank you so, so much great. for look, all the laughs you've given me, my God. Absolutely. Uh, look for Ed's one-man show, A Man and His Prostate, and his book, The Grouchy Historian. He's signing his book December 12th here in L.A. at The Grove from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., and he's on Twitter at the only Ed Asner. Thank you, Ed. Uh, you can buy that. Ileana's book, That's right. I Blame Dennis Hopper, in book. bookstores and online. Um, like us on go. Facebook. Our website is Ileana's podcast. Podcast.com. There's lots more information there. Check it out. That's right. Happy anniversary. Happy yeah. anniversary, Happy baby. anniversary. <laughs> You've made, it's, a le it's legendary. I got, you know, 20, 30 years to go before I get legendary. And, and as we end our show, as we always do, I say everyone's life is like a movie with a beginning, a middle, and an end. And this is the end of our movie for today. Mr. Ed Asner. Well, some of us get revived. Yes. That's right. Yes. We're going Absolutely. on. We're going to keep talking, but yes, for everyone else, have All a wonderful right. day. Thanks, Bye. everybody. Bye. Thank you. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. 
I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.